This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Parents are always looking to give their kids a leg up, and today's founder has a message for them. Zero to three is the most critical time of a child's development. So 85% of the brain is formed by three, and it's literally the foundation for all future learning and development. Zara Kassam is here to raise $3 million for her startup, Monty Kids. It's a subscription box of toys, toys that she says are meant to help children get a head start on their education. And Zara wants to take it worldwide. She's been making the rounds and recently pitched her company on Shark Tank. We'll talk to her about that later. But the question in the pitch room today is will enough parents really buy into a pre-preschool education to make this a billion-dollar business? I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet, this is The Pitch. Today's investors are... Alexandra Stanton. Alexandra is CEO of Empire Global Ventures. And on the side, she likes to make strategic bets on startups she thinks will strike gold. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested 20 million in over 100 startups to date. Sheil Manat. Sheil has sold three startups for over $50 million. Now he's an angel investor and he's invested in several companies worth billions today. All right, here's the pitch. I'm Zara. I'm the founder and CEO of Monty Kids. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I always wanted to be a teacher. Uh, So I studied child development at Harvard for my undergrad. I did my master's at the Harvard School of Education and uh, discovered Montessori, which is hands down the best way to educate very young children. And I became an internationally certified Montessori teacher for infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. Not long after Zara started teaching, she noticed a problem. Kids typically don't start preschool until they're three years old. And that's a big missed opportunity. I know from my background that zero to three is the most critical time of a child's development. So 85% of the brain is formed by three, and it's literally the foundation for all future learning and development. But parents are just left guessing at how to support their baby's development. So that was my inspiration for starting Monty Kids. And we are the only Montessori program that's delivered into the home that's designed and safety tested for babies from birth to age three. Uh, In just 18 months, we've grown from zero to over $100,000 in monthly recurring subscription revenue. And I'm now raising a $3 million seed round to scale the business. Cool. Cool. Yeah, tell us 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 about the product. Okay, talk to us about it. So, um, we have like a two-part product. We have. 
toys, wooden Montessori toys that we manufacture ourselves yep. for babies because that's how babies learn. And then we have online product for the parents. So content to guide them through the whole program. And so for the parents, those are short um, videos that are dripped to their email every couple weeks, how to use the materials, when to start, uh, what the baby's learning and the research behind it. It's for busy parents, so it's very short, um, but it really holds their hand and guides them through. And then they have access to our community of experts for support. At what, so, what age does it start at? It starts right at birth. And right we try birth. to get families um, enrolled when they're pregnant so they can, because we makes show sense. them how to set up their baby's cool. play area. Yeah, it makes sense. So um, I'm going to show you some pictures. And also, I just just brought a product so you can just see mm -hmm. the quality. But yep. um, The investors pass around the toy, which I will now attempt to describe. It's a rectangular wooden box with a pull-out drawer and a hole on the top. When a baby puts a ball through that hole, it disappears into the box until they pull the drawer out and get it back. It's meant to teach children that objects like the ball still exist even when you can't see them. This particular toy is designed for a one-year-old. We have eight levels from birth to three, and you start um, with a series of visual mobiles for newborns, and then you kind of move through to rattles. Um, and then it kind of gets more complicated with puzzles for the older children. Mm -hmm. So I'm familiar with Montessori, and mm -hmm. my two young kids went through a preschool that was Montessori mixed with some Reggio. Perfect. Can you talk to us a bit about, because I, I understand because my kids started Montessori at two. Mm -hmm. What do these mean tailored for stages before kids can walk and talk? So... Montessori education is really developmental education. It's uh, figuring out what's going on with the baby uh, and meeting those needs at every stage. For example, a newborn baby is born with some basic wiring for vision, but what they see in the first few months of life actually influences the development of their vision. Um, so we start with a series of visual mobiles. Similarly, at every stage, there's different developmental needs. At six months, a baby is actually ready to start using two hands together. We provide something for that. We first of all, let parents know that that's something that could be going on. We provide a material for it. So it's really about that developmental need at every stage and, and meeting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how much does it cost and what do you get? You mentioned the emails with video and then there's, of course, the toys. Are those separate? Is it a subscription? How does it work? Mm -hmm. um, so it's all bundled together. You get okay. everything together when you sign up. Um, and it's it breaks down to $99 a month. Okay. Uh, they pay quarterly. A family, when they, when they pay upfront for three months, would get a big box of toys. So about six full-size wooden Montessori toys. And then curriculum that comes to the parent every week in their inbox. So each level is $99? No, each level is $297. Okay. How many zero to three-year-olds are there? So um, in the U.S., <laughs> uh, there's 15 million zero to three-year-olds. So our market in the U.S. is about $10 billion. 20% um, uh, of our customers are actually earning below the median income. And those are families that just want better for their kids. So that number is based on that. Um, and then we've done the the market sizing kind of for 10 key regions that we want to target around the world. And the target market for that is $68 billion. And that's at the 100 bucks a month price point? Yes. Do you think that'll change? I think that will definitely mm -hmm. change what do you because think that's that, part of our mission. Is what to, do you want it to get to? What, and what do you think is uh, realistic? I think we can bring it down to almost half of what it costs yeah, in the next right. five years. 
So let me do a little math for you. If you buy all three years of Monty Kids toys, if you were to buy them all at once, it's going to cost you $3,600. If Zara can cut that in half, that would put her product in reach for a lot more parents. Aren't there other Montessori um, products, toys available for the zero to three age group? So uh, there's very little available for zero to three. There's a huge gap in the market, both in the education world and in the toy world. So when we started, I did not want to manufacture. I'm an educator. I wanted to get what was out there and put content around it. Um, And so I ordered like every sample that was out there. Our whole basement was full and there were really not good options. And I learned from our safety testing company that only 4% of toys in the U.S. are marked safe for children under three. The safety testing companies told me it was impossible to make all of this stuff. And the consultants we tried to work with said the same. It was impossible. So we essentially worked for almost two and a half years to design all of this. So we have patents pending um, on all of the designs. We're the only company that makes the full line of zero to three Montessori toys safe for that age group. What is proprietary in the assortment or how you have distilled Montessori for this age group? Individually, each toy has, you know, I can go on and on about each toy individually and why it's better than what's out there. For example, rattles. It's actually really hard to find rattles for young, young babies that are small enough and light enough for their hands, uh, if you compare ours to others on the market. Um, but really, it's the it's the whole curriculum and it's the program that we offer um, where we're delivering things at the right time that are safe and that are perfectly designed for the child's development. And we're bringing them into the home and putting guidance around it. You started when, Zara? We started um, about 18, 19 months ago. Okay. And you're at 100,000 revenue now? Uh, yeah, so almost 1.3 million uh, ARR. Great. And you're based where? Uh, in Oakland, California. Okay. And your customers are coming from where? They're coming from all over the country, um, concentrated in New York and California. And we have customers from 12 different countries buying our products. We don't even ship there. They're paying third-party shippers extra duties and fees and taxes to receive it overseas because this education gap from birth to preschool is felt around the world. So we really, like... That's the that's the big vision. Go global, own the space. And that's how we become a billion-dollar company is when we go uh, international. Zara's plan to take Monty Kids worldwide is off to a great start. And she's pulling in about 100K a month in revenue, which seems to get the investors' attention. What, what have you seen so far in terms of the churn rate for customers? So we have high retention. Um, we have 81% average retention since launch. And families are saying it's like enrolling my baby in a preschool. I have no reason to cancel. So, I mean, just to understand that 81%, are you saying quarter over quarter? Yes, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're averaging 81% quarter over quarter retention. Mm-hmm. And has that been trending up, down? It's very stable. If we get a family when they're pregnant and they sign up at level one, it's 88% retention because nobody's telling newborn, like pregnant families that you can start playing and learning with your baby right from birth. And then what are your margins? So like every quarter they pay 250 bucks. Yeah. Like what is that set of, what does that box cost you? So we have 60% margins. Um, Our, uh, 
cost of customer acquisition since launch average has been $139. Um, and our lifetime value of our customers, because they're retaining at high levels, is $1,245. So we have really good metrics. Uh, we're profitable on the first kit, even if they don't retain, mm -hmm. but they are retaining. We're not profitable as a company because we're young yeah, and we're growing. Um, but but yeah, those 60% margins is, is what we have and right how now. How can you get your cost of goods down, do you think? We're, so we're really not at scale. We're such a small, you know, we're new. Yeah, um, sure. But once we start manufacturing at scale, we can definitely bring our costs down. And it's our vision to serve children, you know, kind of across the board. What's your vision for scaling this? Mm -hmm. um, so we are projecting, I mean, we want to just reach as many families as we can. We're going to do over a million, about 1.2 million this year. Uh, we'll do 5 million next year. And in five years, we'll be like at 300 million in revenue. And Ooh. I mentioned, I mean, that's that's really, the goal is to go international. Um, How are you 5 up, million next year, do you think? Uh, so we have been growing 20% average monthly growth since launch. Um, and to do 5 million next year, it's a conservative estimate with only 13% growth. Um, People are finding us. They're saying, where were you three years ago when my first baby was born? Expanding internationally will take us to the scale that we're talking about. Um, and so that's really the, the big vision. Did you say what the, uh, what the terms are in this round? Uh, it's an $8 million pre-money valuation. Your average customer acquisition cost is $139, right? Since launch. So I assume you have a lot of referrals in there and organic traffic. So what's the paid customer acquisition cost? Um, so that's blended um, right. across channels. Right. Uh, so that is the, the paid cost. We Digitally, it's about $100 on most channels. It's about $150 on Facebook. Um, but we're doing things like uh, partnerships, events, like big baby shows. But there, word of mouth is, I mean, 87% of our customers say they would recommend Monty Kids to a friend, and parents love talking about us. So that happens a lot, right, too. Right, so if you're getting a lot of word-of-mouth traffic mm -hmm. and referrals, that customer acquisition cost, you said, is blended across. Yeah. So it, I'm just trying to understand what the acquisition cost for paid traffic is. Uh, so across, like, digital channels, Pinterest, uh, AdWords, um, Instagram, it's about $100. On Facebook, it's about $150. How could your... Blended, B one thirty nine, B one thirty nine, which is more than your digital. So, because because of those like baby shows and partnerships, uh, that really that yeah. Drove it so on. we've done a few big like New York baby show, which is yeah. so, so expensive really and expensive, not yeah. not going to happen anymore. Okay. Phil, ever the stickler about numbers, is really pushing for clarity around how much it costs Zara to get a new customer. When we come back, we'll see if Zara has the answers Phil needs to invest. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
Welcome back. When we left off, Phil was trying to wrap his head around the numbers. But there's something else Zara said early on in her pitch that has Phil concerned, that Monty Kids has a community of experts on hand, ready to help parents learn how to properly use the toys with their kids. How does that community expert piece scale? That seems mm. very labor intensive. Um, so right now it's in a it's in a closed Facebook group, uh, which is working very well. Um, and we have live classes where the parents tune in. They're helping each other. Our experts are helping them. There's actually a big cohort of Montessori zero to three tra- trained teachers that don't have enough schools to teach in because there's not a lot of them. And so they want to to come on our platform and be coaches and help those families. So it's very scalable in in a group sense. There's an, a really cool company called VIP Kid that does coaching yeah. yep. one-on-one, mm-hmm. yep. and they've figured out how to scale. And so that's something I think about in the future. But... Uh, you know, you could, if you don't want to do one-on-one coaching, you could do group coaching. I think the support piece, like you mentioned, is a really important but, part of but it. But you said you're offering one-on-one coaching. We're testing it right now, especially for families who need some extra support. It, it, so is that an additional cost? Right now, we're we're testing it for free to see how it how it goes, how fa- valuable families think it is. Um, and in the future, we'll, we'll consider charging for it or including some portion and charging for extra. I'm a little bit concerned about how scalable that is and how many, you know, when you start doing individual consults and you're not, you're charging a fee for that. And I mean, group sessions are great. You can, you know, record them. That's easy. That's more content. So that's terrific. But individual consults, that becomes expensive. Yeah, I I really don't know if that'll be how we go. I would love it to to be that way because I think it needs to exist. We get coaching for all these other things in our lives and this is one of the most difficult. And then I look at VIP Kid. They've figured out how to do it in a really scalable way and they have no churn because of it, because of that relationship aspect. So, you know, if if they're doing it, there there has to be a way that it can be but They're charging out. for it and you're they're not, and you're she will. You're, you're we're you just will. testing. She's okay. so I want to make sure that that's, you know, the plan. We're, yes. <laughs> I mean, we're, you know, we're building a company that's going to be very sustainable and scalable mm-hmm. and, you know, we want to grow to a billion dollar company. It's 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 not a nonprofit though. We we think the way to serve the most families at the most income levels is to build a big business that has a social mission. So I'd like to invest. I like this one a lot. I awesome. like you. I like everything I heard. Um, we've done quite a bit in and around kids' education, Panda Tree, a bunch of other companies. I also have a 21-month-old son oh. who plays with a lot of Montessori toys. Awesome. Uh, which I did not realize they were all Montessori toys till I saw them on that thing. I said, oh, he has all those toys. <laughs> so um, I'd like to invest uh, a minimum of 100000 Wonderful. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I also want to invest. I'm going to start at 25, and then we'll see an indulgence where things head. But I'm, I think this is terrific. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, I, I think also wrapping around that kind of consultative bespoke service as an upcharge is key because that is less replicable, right? frankly, and I think that's important. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. It sounds like you have a lot to offer. So I'm a little bit concerned about the, the price point, and you just talked about it. I want to learn more about that. You know, you said like in the U.S. there are 15 million zero to three-year-olds. How many how many of those parents can afford, you know, $100 a month? That's, that's a lot of money. 
right now, 20% of our customers are earning below $65,000 a year. How do you know? Uh, from Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, so it's really, our customer is really the education-minded parent. And obviously there's a barrier with the price point, um, but that's kind of what we're seeing, that the, the link that, that links our customers together. Um, and and over time we'll bring it down. And that's kind of, that's kind of the plan. I would, uh, I'd like to invest as well. Great. Um, so I'm, I'm in for, um, well, at least 300,000. Wonderful. I'm so excited to have you. With one investor still remaining, Zara has the chance to go four for four. Here's Sheil. Cool. Well, um, I think, I mean, I, I, I love you. I think you're like super awesome personality. You've thought through a lot of things. Um, I like the space. It's not a space I know. I don't have kids, but I personally would like to write your check as well. Probably like 25K or something. Awesome. That's great. Cool. Four Thank for four. All. Wonderful. Cool. Well you. done. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This was a lot great of fun. Job. Great job. Thank you. Four for four. <laughs> awesome. It was so nice to meet you Likewise. all. You well too. done. Much less stressful than Shark Tank. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well done, Zara. Thank Thank really. You. Thank you. Thank Zara just closed all four investors, grabbing nearly half a million dollars in commitments. But we don't actually know why the investors went in. They invested suddenly and out of the blue. But it became obvious as they chatted amongst themselves after Zara left the room. All right, she's a rock star. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. Buttoned up, answers. You guys aren't worried about the price point? I am. But uh, first of all, I think there's a big enough market for this. People are willing to spend a lot on their kids. They Certain spend on their kids, but they don't spend on spend. themselves. But and, and like she'll get the cost down. There are other avenues this business can go. Yeah. And I, yeah, like my intuition, like everything she said, like aligned with my intuition yeah. um, of like where the price point goes, it gets to half of where it is right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's, but it's it's fine. There's so many kids out there for her to address, and just in the U.S. alone, she doesn't need to worry about limiting that. But I agree. Like, I think at fifty, at a hundred bucks, if it stays there, somebody will do the same thing for fifty bucks. Yeah. yeah. So she better get the fifty bucks. Yeah. So that it's not a trap. But no question, she's spending too. Like, because she has sixty percent margin, so like her, that stuff is costing her like a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's sure. a lot. That's a lot. I got the sense that she didn't have a. a tight grasp on the numbers, the customer acquisition cost and, and those kinds of things. Well, blended Maybe. is yeah. complicated if the prices are different from different sources, right? Well, no, but he has a pretty third. simple question, organic versus blend, versus paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty simple and, question. You know, she kind of stumbled on that a little bit. Usually when I, when yeah. I see a founder stumble over that, it's a, it's a red flag for me. But, you know, she kind of got me past it. But I, I want to dig into that afterward. But she was so good in everything else. But as good as the investors thought Zara was, I was still surprised that they all four went in. So I popped in the room to ask them about the pitch and what made them invest. Charles and Alexandra, when you, first you, Charles, you went in confidently and suddenly in a way that felt just out of the blue. Like I had no idea you were into this. What was the thing that made you want to invest? Um, We've done a fair amount of, education investing and i think the thing that was powerful to me was i do i did like the fact that like i think she's right people don't market this if you ask those people what can you do for your 
kid zero to one, they'd be like, keep them alive. Like there read isn't to them. read to them, <laughs> read to them, spend time with That's them. Fair. No, no That's a big time. part of it. And, yeah. and I think she's um, has the opportunity to market this product to parents at a point in time where they're searching for 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 answers. And this is not a crowded. It's not it's not food. It's not clothing. Right. It's a different category. And I think I like that insight a lot. And I and to your point about the cost of acquisition, I was like, the math on this is so good that I sort of don't care that she's not super crisp on it. Yeah. Because the the flip side for me is when I find people who know tons and tons and every detailed number about cost of acquisition, and the, I'm like, oh, you are a paid acquisition machine. And I actually don't like those businesses personally. Can I also say there's a mastery. There's a mastery over the subject matter. I take your point about the organic versus blended. Leaving that aside, there was just mastery that she evidenced her demeanor, her surety, uh, the majority of uh, the numbers, the market, the mm -hmm. team, their qualifications. Like, seriously, that is exactly what I want to see in a founder. Well, I think she early. had mastery over sort of the, the product and the market, but not yes. so much the numbers. So I, I think One that's area of the, the difference. numbers, right? Well, and her numbers, seriously, 1.3 and to be out of the box in 12 months is not bad. 19 months, but yes. 19, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you were learning from her. Sure. Well, I'm About zero to three. In the market. Yeah. yeah. Great. Cool. Zara did pretty damn well. All four investors went in for a total of $450,000. When we come back, we'll find out what happened when Zara went on another little show called Shark Tank. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Zara left the pitch room with nearly half a million committed from our four investors. And in the following weeks, things actually got a little crazier. Producer Kareem Maddox caught up with her two months later, right before her episode of Shark Tank was about to air. After you left the room, the investors, you know, agreed that you're an expert and a master over uh, the Montessori method, over the business and this product, but maybe not necessarily about the numbers. Would you agree with that? <laughs> um, I don't think I would agree with that. I think I, I know our business really well. I think um, there's a lot of numbers that I know off the top of my head you know, sometimes I need to follow up with, you know, a graph or something, um, which I think is fair. I mean, we talk about numbers all day long here, and I don't think it's necessarily fair to ask an entrepreneur to memorize every single one because things are changing so fast all the time. Um, so I don't I don't think that's a fair criticism. OK, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. What happened after the pitch? Like, did the investors ask you for financials of the business? Did you hop on a call with the investors or, or what? 
Yeah, so I, um, it was a little different with each investor, but things moved pretty quickly with uh, Alexandra and Charles from Precursor. Um, so Alexandra closed on her investment. Charles closed on his investment. So is, that, is there money in the bank? Yes, they have closed. And how much did each of them ultimately close for? What they committed to in the room, which was, I think, 25 from Alexandra and 100 from Charles? Yes, they closed on, their, on what they committed to in the, in the room. Um, Phil took me through a lot of due diligence, and I, that's what I expected. I had heard kind of through the grapevine that Phil does um, the most rigorous due diligence. But we were in due diligence for, for about two months. Um, and after two months, I was really proud. We made it through his due diligence. Um, he wanted to invest. He wanted to put the syndicate up. And on the show, on the, on the podcast, when we recorded, um, he had committed $300,000. And by the end of the due diligence process, he said, um, when he told us, you know, he was, he was in, um, he said it would likely be closer to four hundred or $500,000, which was really exciting. Um, wow. And yeah, <laughs> I was really excited um, and proud that we made it through. Um, <laughs> but then something, uh, something interesting happened. There was a turn of events. We had another commitment from someone named Dan Scrivener, um, and he's a customer of Monty Kids, and he was putting together an, uh, an angel list syndicate. And when I told Phil, Phil didn't think it was ideal for to have two syndicates on angel list. And so I had to make a really tough choice between letting Phil syndicate for half a million or letting Dan syndicate for 125000 Um I had a lot of angst <laughs> for a couple of days because I didn't know what to do because, you know, taking a larger check um, seems like, you know, the obvious choice. But Dan um, had committed first. He's a Monty Kids customer. He's a great evangelist. He's just, he's been so supportive for so long. He has so much enthusiasm for the business and it felt like just the right thing to do to let Dan syndicate. Right. Um, what happened with Sheil? So Sheil, um, Sheil is awesome. He had committed $25,000 as an angel in the room. Um, and I think he went away and got more and more excited about Monty Kids and started introducing me to a bunch of people and then asked if I would be interested in him syndicating a deal for us. Um, and so I said yes. And um, he uh, and his friend Sandeep Ahuja are currently syndicating a deal on Angel List for Monty Kids uh, with a goal of $400,000. Wait, what? So, <laughs> so you do have two Angel List syndicates running. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I had no problem having multiple syndicates running. Um, Phil, Phil didn't think it was ideal from his perspective. Um, but for me, it was no problem. Dan has no problem. Sheila has no problem. Um, and so they're, they're both running concurrent syndicates. Got it. Um... <laughs> I'm happy about it. I mean, that one pitch that I did in your studio has gotten me a long way. Wow, that's great. We're actually oversubscribed right now, so I'm trying to figure out how to how to deal with that. So while a lot was happening with the investors on our show, Zara had something else on the horizon, something big and sharky. 
So I'm very excited that my daughter Zara is going to be on Shark Tank, and we're all going to watch. We're all having That's Zara's mom, Yasmin. And I was actually in Honolulu, and I flew overnight to get here. Uh, I wouldn't miss a party like this. I'm so happy and excited, and Zara's made me really proud. We swung by the watch party at Zara's home just before her episode of Shark Tank was about to air on January 27th. Her house was full of friends and family. They were all super excited. When the segment was getting close, Zara had a last minute disclaimer to share at the party. Guys, I was under a lot of pressure and I was very nervous and I wasn't totally myself. For those who weren't watching, Zara's pitch was tense. I thought she held her own with the sharks as they took issue with Monty Kitt's price point and the company's burn. She even got flack for going to Harvard. By the way, that annoyed Zara's mom just a little bit. They criticized the Harvard thing, but why? I mean, not everybody makes it there. <laughs> it's a good thing. We're so proud of her. <laughs> yeah. Very dramatic. It was dramatic. It, it had drama for sure. It wasn't a simple, like, give me this deal. It was like hard and it didn't get, you know, till the end. It was like, what are we doing here? Come on. She got the deal. Very happy. <laughs> In the end, she got a deal from Kevin O'Leary, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful. But it wasn't the deal she asked for. Zara walked in asking for $200,000 at the same $8 million valuation she got from investors on the pitch. But she came out with $200,000 at the same valuation, except Zara also has to pay Mr. Wonderful an additional $800,000 in royalties over the next few years. It was a complicated deal, one that's pretty typical for Shark Tank. Pitch producer Kareem Maddox called Zara up right after the show aired to talk about it. Hi, Zara. It's Kareem. Just watched you on Shark Tank. That was amazing. It was it was something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just saw yourself pitched. What was it like? Um, you know, you know what's crazy? I I don't remember everything that happened in the tank because it was such a stressful situation. I had actually forgotten some of that stuff, a lot of it actually. So it was pretty, pretty crazy to watch it um, played back. But um, but it's great. I mean, our, we're watching here with our whole team and the families and and uh, they're all defending me because <laughs> some of the sharks said some, you know, some some things. So you so you got two deals in the room and, and one was from Robert <laughs> and, and one was from Kevin O'Leary. And um, Robert kind of accused you of of. And his words were treating money like some hypothetical Harvard project. And then he rescinded the offer, ultimately. What did that moment feel like for you? I, when he rescinded his offer, um, I felt like my life flashed before my eyes, honestly. It was like... I mean, because it was such a high pressure, like now in hindsight, that sounds silly. But when when you're under that amount of stress, um, I honestly like had that moment feeling like, oh, my God, I'm going to leave here with nothing. Um, and that's when I just took a moment 
and like really like took a deep breath and thought about whether I really wanted Kevin's deal. And in hindsight, I am so happy that I'm with Kevin. I I actually went in there wanting Kevin. Yeah, that's that's incredible. <laughs> what is it about Kevin that that you wanted to partner with so badly? Kevin has always been my favorite shark um, for lots of reasons. He's super supportive of female founders. Uh, He's super smart. He has tons, you know, from a fit perspective, he's built um, a huge education company called The Learning Company and sold it to Mattel, worked in children's products. He has so much experience in this space. Um, And I kind of love how straightforward he is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you got Kevin O'Leary over that hump after some serious negotiation and you got a deal. Um, and the deal was that Mr. Wonderful investor Kevin O'Leary <laughs> gave you $200,000 and in return he gets $10 on each unit sold and he re- until he recovers his initial 200000 and then he gets $2.50 on each unit sold until he makes another 600000 Are you happy with that deal? Yeah, you know, I, I really am happy with the deal I made with Kevin um, because... He gave us, you know, he, he honored our valuation. I think he, I know he really helps in and uh, jumps in. He jumps in and helps a company when he's when he has that royalty deal with them. He only offers that royalty deal when he knows a company has already been doing well and can do even better and can do better, especially with his help. Um, and so I think it's actually great to have a royalty deal with him. Plus he wanted equity and that means he really believes in Monty kids and he said it you know during the episode but he also has told me many times after that he really believes in in the long-term success of Monty kids and that we can build a really successful company great so those ro- the royalties don't bother you at all you, you'll be happy to pay those for for the next few years until until he gets that money back yeah, the way he structured it um, is is really reasonable. You know, when you go on Shark Tank, it's not like making a deal with a, a different investor, you know, in a typical venture capital fund. You're going to, there is like something extra that they need um, for the value that they bring as sharks. Um, but giving away, you know, Robert's deal, if I had given away 10% of Monty Kids would have been so so much more expensive than the royalties that Kevin is asking for. I mean, you know, 10% of Monty kids in several years out is going to be so much more valuable than that. Yeah. Wow. I can't even imagine what all that running through your head in the moment must have been like. Oh my God. It goes so quickly, Kareem. And they don't give you time to think and process. You can't really take a breath. Um, Often they don't let you finish, you know, saying what you were going to say. They and so it's it's a lot of stress. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, you you held up amazingly. Your show was much less stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think Shark Tank gets criticized often for being unfriendly to entrepreneurs um, yeah. that come on the show, and people claim that they offer unfair deals. Um, on Shark Tank, like, you know, 100K for like 50% of the company or or something like that. Do you think that's a fair criticism after having gone through that process? I think you, I think every entrepreneur has to evaluate whether it's, it's worth it for their business. Um, You know, I, there's a cooling off period. Like you're not, I wasn't bound to what I agreed to. I, 
I got to meet with Kevin, I got to meet with his people and decide whether I really wanted to take the deal. And I decided it was totally worth it based on the value that they can bring. And we had a lot of discussions on what that exactly means. Um, so I don't know about anybody else's business and whether it's it's worth it, but for us, um, this deal absolutely is um, worth it worth it. <laughs> this deal is, yeah, it's, it's a great deal for us. I said it, you know, at the end of the episode and I still believe it. Can you compare the two investments, one from the pitch and one from Shark Tank? That's a really hard question because investors bring different things to the table. Um, I was told by someone very wise that investors bring wealth, wisdom, and work. Um, and, you know, so so some of them are actually, I think every single investor that got involved through both Shark Tank and the pitch um, are are bringing incredible value because they're all um, jumping in already to help, introducing me to people. Um, Alexandra has some great business development ideas and um, Charles from Precursor is incredibly respected in the space. Um, Shiel has already brought in so many of his friends and uh, has offered great advice. Um, and then Kevin, you know, is is more of a public figure and is already, you know, tweeting about Monty Kids. And um, it's just everybody's bringing a different kind of value. So you can't really compare like apples to apples. Um, I think everything coming together uh, on both of these shows is incredible. And so I'm very grateful for that. You know, I just have to say something about Shark Tank. When I've watched the show in the past, I thought the deals offered there by the investors were exploiting the entrepreneurs that were pitching and had no idea what a good investment deal actually looked like. But what happened when Zara went in the tank completely blew me out of the water. Here's a super sharp founder who raised money from VCs and knows exactly what a good deal looks like. And she says she's happy with the royalty deal she struck with Mr. Wonderful, which by the way, did not fall apart after the fact. Another thing that blew me away. So Zara raised 200K from Shark Tank, not that I'm counting. And then she went on our show and raised half a million dollars. I'll just leave that there. Our show is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Kareem Maddox, Heather Rogers, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. Theme music by The Muse Maker, original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder and The Muse Maker. We are mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. And this is our disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can find more episodes of our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Oh, did you know that we have a Gimlet members program? That's where we hide the exclusive bonus content, like a recent Q&A with our investors sourced with questions from members like you could be. 
There are also other perks like access to our member Slack, where you can chat with other Gimlet fanatics, win giveaways, and peek behind the scenes at the making of our shows. You can sign up at GimletMedia.com for $5 a month or $60 for the year and enter the pitch at checkout for 20% off. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.